Today's podcast is brought to you by Eggshell Light Company. For over 45 years, Eggshell Light Company has been the go-to specialty shop handling the lighting needs for all that grace the shores of beautiful Hawaii. Combining the artistic methods of the theater with the speed and efficiency of the musical touring industry, they have pioneered event lighting throughout the Hawaiian Islands. They specialize in supply of top shelf equipment and designers for broadcast concerts, corporate, and special events. From the smallest weddings to televised concerts and the largest corporate clients, they know this is your most important event. It is their goal to make sure you feel that way. Aloha from Eggshell Light Company. Welcome everyone to another episode of LD at Large Podcast. My name is Chris Lose. I am the designer relations developer at Ayrton Lighting as well as columnist at PLSN Magazine. I hope you're all reading, listening, and enjoying. So recently I did a podcast with a very good friend of mine, Josh Kaufman, and we talked about a lot of the differences between Canada and America touring and all over the rest of the world. And we just barely scratched the surface. But in uh, in order to kind of keep moving the momentum forward on that one, I reached out, I decided to reach out to a very good friend of mine. His name is Brent Clark. He is a lighting designer up here in the great white north. Thank you so much for making time to chat with me. Oh, no problem. Got nothing else going on. <laughs> I feel you. <ya. laughs> so, so the first thing that I wanted to talk about was the fact that I had recently done a podcast with Bud Horowitz, and he was doing a show March 14th in Mexico City with Yanni. And as far as him and I could tell, we thought he had the last show before the quarantine. But then... Looking through Facebook, I realized that you had been doing a show March 15th. Yep. So what Which were you was, doing and how was your, what was your uh, experience? <laughs> so I was out with Stereophonics and we were doing our UK arena run. And basically it was like, kind of like somebody flipped a switch overnight. I think it was the, probably the 12th or so we had finished a gig in Glasgow and had a bit of a falling out through Twitter and stuff like that about, you know, how dare they do a show in this time? And we were kind of like, well, we don't really know what's going on. Because you know what it's like, you're in the tour bubble and you're just kind of cruising along. And so in the morning, I woke up on the bus and our support act, who a great band out of Austin, uh, Wind in the Wave. So they were frantically on their phones trying to figure out how to get home. And I was sort of like, what's going on? And then they had informed the U.S. was in the process of closing the border. And then I'm like, oh, God look trying to check my flight home which was on the 16th and i could my flight was still going and then basically we sat around on our day off in manchester waiting for the uk government to say whether or not we were going to do shows and they came back saying they were going to adopt the herd immunity the herd immunity process and we were going to finish our last show so our last show was in cardiff on the 15th then i wow yeah. March 15th. That seems like yesterday and yeah. it seems like a thousand years ago at the same time. Yeah. And so it was, the, it was like three days of me checking my flight status about every three hours just to make sure that I could still get home because they were just talking about closing all the borders, closing international flights. And then I was going in my head, I was going, okay, if I can get into the country, I can get home. If I got to mm-hmm. rent a car or whatever, I, I can get home. So, and then when the, Basically, the bus dropped us at the rehearsal space. And then as soon as I could get a cab, I was gone to Heathrow because it was like, I didn't, because nobody knew what was happening with the flights. So we just mm-hmm. 
got out of there. But I mean, you know, like it was like Piers Morgan got in on it. There was actually tweets from people in China that were appalled at what we were doing shows, and it was crazy. And that's <laughs> so unfair because at that point there were still reports of, you know, it's not that big a deal. Uh, yeah. It's never going to, it's not going to make it that far. Yeah. And the government the had sunlight said, kills it. Yeah. And the government had said, you can still do mass gatherings. And a lot of the, like they had canceled a lot of the football and the rugby had been canceled, but they were canceling those as far as I know for the safety of the players. It wasn't really to the safety of the fans. They were more mm-hmm. concerned about their players getting it. So we were kind of like, and for us, you know, I figured people were worried about me walking through the crowd, but you know, I got 30 seconds to get to front of house and then I'm, I'm good. Like everybody's and the band and crew, we're all behind barricades and stuff. So we were fine. You know, um, you're not in we, a scrum with anybody. At, at no any point. I would no, hope I was kind of worried about, you know, our security guys and our camera ops that are in the pit, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, and then we kind of left it up to the fans. If the fans wanted to come, then great. And if they didn't, then that was great too. So, you know, and, and there's no way in Manchester, you're going to say to the Manchester fans who have been through a lot that, oh, oh we're not going to do a show because of a cold at that point in time. Right. Right. So you can't, you can't say that in Manchester. Those people, those are hardcore fans and they're going to show up regardless. Yeah. So, you know, man, I, I would imagine I'm with, I'm like you and I'm, I, I want to say I'm kind of with most of what I believe the world to be like the freedom loving part of me is like, yeah, fuck. Yeah. You do the show. The show must go on. That's our default the show. Yeah. must go on. But yep. at the same time that the compassionate, loving science, yeah. well, semi-literate so, person is like, no, what are you doing? Uh, well, for the, the first show in Manchester, we were kind of feeling like the, the general consensus around the crew was sort of this, pirate kind of all right we're going to do the show regardless and then when it got to cardiff and we started seeing the reports from italy because we had some guys on the crew that were italians and stuff coming in and it was like "Ooh, this is not a cold mm-hmm. this is this is much more and then we started going well are we doing the right thing like what do we but so soldiered on so you had to fly back from heathrow but you, were you flying into yep. toronto or into the u.s no i was flying into toronto so and they hadn't talked about closing the borders and they had basically said, well, we might close some, tr- some Canadian airports. So I was like, Toronto being the biggest, one of the biggest hubs, I was like, well, hopefully Toronto will still be open. But if I can get to Halifax even or Montreal, then I can still, you know, even Vancouver, I can still get home. Okay. As long as I got into the country, I was, I was fine. <laughs> so what was the return process like? Was it just wide open for you or was it yeah, sketchy? Yeah. It was just, um, Everything was fine and go through the airport and they gave me two pamphlets saying I had to quarantine for 14 days. And I had uh, talked to my sister and she had stocked my fridge. Wow. Yeah. So I was like, well, if I have, so, you know, I'm, I'm a quiet guy, an introvert anyways. So it was like, oh, so you're telling me I have to spend 14 days at home after I've been on the road for two, for two months. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The government says I have to, sorry. Yep. Exactly. Gotta get this pamphlet. Go yep. Just staple the pamphlet to the front door. Sorry, you guys yep. can't. Yeah, exactly. I'm just going to hang out here. Yeah. Just, uh, got my veggies, got my apples, bananas. Yep. I'm, I'm good in here. Thank you. Yeah, got my exactly. Wi-Fi. Yep. So it was, you know, for me, it was sort of like, I, it was no big deal and it's still really, you know, being, 
quarantine, it's a bit easier now, but it's still like, you know, I don't think it's a big deal personally because I'm, I'm used to being in my house by myself. So, mm-hmm. and I've been splitting time between my girlfriend's place and my place and stuff like that now. So, you know, it's pretty much you can't, you know, you can't go to the pub, but now I guess we can go to the pub and sit on the patio. But, okay. um, so, you know, hopefully life's going to return to normal. And I was reading the article from, um, the gentleman from bandit about the being able, maybe the protests will lead to people being able to say, Hey, look, you know, we don't have a massive spike in three weeks. Maybe we can get back to doing shows. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of hoping that that's the case. And if we have yeah. to do shows and everybody has to wear a mask, Hey, I'm in. Hey, if, if that is the, the, the hornet's nest that uh, brings us back to shows, yeah. then, then so thanks hornet's nest. Yeah, exactly. Who knows, who knows what sort of positive change will come from the protests and all that. Well, I'm hoping a lot. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping a lot. So, um, yeah. So other than that, you know, we've just been cruising along trying to keep cool. busy. That sounds like one of your easier border crossings then. Cause, uh, I would imagine <laughs> yeah. in your career, being a Canadian bouncing back and forth to the U S and all over the world, I would imagine you've got some pretty good yeah, border crossing good stories. Um, I don't like going down to the U S for me actually, which is very strange. It's actually easier to get work in the UK and Europe than it is. Really? In yes. Yeah. Yeah. How is that working out for you? How are you doing that? Well, I ended up working for, um, stereophonics for UK artist. Right. And I've been with them for 15 years. Right. Um, so it's just been easier, like, to get work over there, and easier to to deal with them in Europe because they're on a two-year schedule, right? So okay. it's every two years. So I do that, and then do some Canadian artists. So you know, in all honesty, the last summer, which was probably my best summer of touring ever, was with uh, an artist, and we were doing support throughout the U.S. doing sheds. And last year was the first time for me to actually hit all like the Merryweather posts and stuff like that. Cause I really, yeah. Yeah. So that was the first time and it's just been, it's a hard slog for me to get um, work in the U S. Interesting. So, yeah. You're probably the one who's the, who's making it the most up here in Canada. Cause was, when I think of Canadian designers, there's only a handful of guys and you're up there top five of the ones oh, that thanks, I know man. who are, are who thanks. have been to every venue Back yeah, I've, I've been to every venue in Canada and the UK, but only to a handful in the US. Interesting. And I, yeah, and you know, I have the, the proper work permits and stuff like that, but it's just, you know, it gets a bit frustrating when you see Canadian artists that, I mean, hire an entire American crew. Yeah, that's tough. You know, uh, and I get it. I understand, you know, American management going to where, you know, to hire the people they know. Mm-hmm. So, I, I understand that, but yeah, there's been um, a, f- a few interesting border crossings. Like I got m- with right paperwork coming across in Vancouver. I got refused me and the other lighting guy. We got refused and basically told to get our stuff off the bus, get our stuff off the bus and come in. And then the border guards looking at my passport and he basically goes, Oh, he gives me the fancy name for the O2 that I have, which is linked to another artist and goes, you have one of these. So you can come in on this. And I'm like, I can, but not supposed to, because it's linked to another artist. 
And then he goes, oh yeah, but and your buddy doesn't have one, but because you have one, I'm pretty sure your company gave you one. So I'll give him one as well. Uh, but it'll cost you 12 bucks. And we were like, all right, we'll pay the 12 bucks. <laughs> so it, it all, the border the whole thing is just like, it depends if, you know, the guy's had a good breakfast or if he's had his wife or whatever. And the rules constantly change from one border guard to another. Mm-hmm. Like I've gone through a Pearson with my old one um, and the, you know, go through fine. And then all of a sudden I hit a border guard and he goes, well, where's the bottom of your old one? It's supposed to be stapled here. And I went, it is. And I went, yeah, well, you can't get through it unless that's stapled in there. So well, I have it right here. Oh, well, don't worry about it. Just go through. And you're just sort of like, well, you know, I'll play by the rules. Just somebody tell me what the rules are. <laughs> Keep there changing. is no oh, such thing in the world as like a, a checklist. You can't no. just look, look, see, I have all the boxes checked. I get, no. I get to come in. Yeah. No. And then um, being the lone uh, non UK person with the stereophonics when we go and we do like festival run in Europe and then we come back into the UK I get pulled, as I called it, into the penalty box and have to sit mm-hmm. there for like 20 minutes while they go through and they do the COS form and all the other stuff. Meanwhile, the guys in the, on the bus are getting all mad at you because you're holding the bus up. Right. <laughs> so it's just a constant, never-ending sort of, all right, what, what fun are we going to have today? Uh, so I'm totally overstepping my bounds here, but... These are the sort of things that people who work in a cubicle day after day will never understand about why we have an inkling that maybe open borders is a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Because I I get it. You got to check. We got to keep the bad people out. We got to, you have to be some, there has to be some sort of credibility. There has to be some checks and balances, but man, I'm just trying to work. I, I don't, yeah. I don't want to work here just because it's the UK. I don't want any of your benefits. I don't yeah. need anything. I yeah. just want to work for my band, man. Yeah. Yeah. And same like going to Australia. Australia is another fun one. With yeah. The 30 pages of paperwork that you need to fill out. Months in advance. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I've been caught by that a few times too, where it's like, oh dear. Okay. And then another one too is um, we were doing a run where it was all South America. And then um, I think we had to go to Russia or something like that. So, and uh, you can only get, you know, and the UK guys are like, well, use your other passport. And I go, I can only have one passport because in UK you can have two, right? Oh, that's right. So you can get, you can send one out to get all your stamps done while you're using it to go through Europe and stuff like that. Well, I can't. So it's like, well, my can't get the passport done because it's sitting at the, at the Brazilian consulate. And then I need to get it to get to the UK. And then we need to rush over to the Russian consulate because we couldn't get it done for that one. Uh, it's, it's nuts. <laughs> We're just not at a digital age. We're not no. far enough down the digital age where we can just do a thumbprint. No. You're like, oh yeah, Brent Clark, come on in, yeah. buddy. Yeah. And then another thing too was, um, so I spent, this was fun. I spent January and February when I was on the road. Uh, we were doing all these European club dates. And so we were trying to update drawings for the UK arena run. And at the same point in time, I'm trying to do uh, US immigration paperwork because my paperwork was going to expire. My visa was expiring at the end of March. And I was supposed to have gigs in the US at the end of April. 
So I'm busy trying to do all that. And then I get it done, pay an exorbitant amount of money to the lawyers. And now I probably won't use it for a year. So I lose a year off of it. (laughs) And there's no way to get it, to get that year back. Right. You just, it's a gamble every time. Yep. Yep. And this is a big one, right? Because it was like, that's why I rushed everything to get it done. And then the dates, of course, went away. And I, I, you know, the hard ass in me wants to just chalk that up to the price of doing business, but, but you, it, it, it achieved yeah, no, nothing. It, it was just to file some paperwork that meant. Yeah. Nothing. What's hilarious is it's, um, they, they send you the breakdown and the breakdown is I think 150 or hundred, $200 in the actual forms and five grand in lawyer's fees. <laughs> oh, that's a bunch of people that definitely don't want open borders, aren't they? Yeah. 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 Uh, my wife and I have paid lawyers on both sides of the border. We, we paid to immigrate Sharon to the United mm-hmm. States and then myself. And uh, there are two lawyers who have made lots of money on us just to file some paperwork yep. for, uh, for, you know what, for the, to us to find out exactly what you just told us, that it just depends on the person of the day. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. I remember we were doing border crossings back in the eighties. Um, and I can't even remember. I have to look at my passports and see what they, we were crossing under, but it was so weird back then because I distinctly remember uh, management of the club act I was working for at the time going, well, you know, the border guards and we had, because we had crossed in Buffalo so many times, uh, just fake it. Just fake it. Yep. I'll never forget that. Just fake it. We're like, okay. Here's us faking it, sitting at the border for six hours and waiting for you to get your paperwork together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, we said we were going to get in, but we faked it. We were yeah, sitting exactly. Here. Yeah. It's like, how are we going to fake it? Man, because you, you're just old enough to remember going across with a driver's license. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You could go across to get gas and do some shopping and come yeah. right back across and wave. I think that's what we were crossing on at the time was just our driver's license. And, and yeah, I think so. Do we need to, I can't even remember if we needed passports back then or if you have one. I think the first uh, time I got a passport would have been like when I went away on my honeymoon in 89. I think we were just <laughs> using driver's license before that. <laughs> Ah, uh, we've, things have changed. Things have changed. Yep. Now I have to have, when I cross, because I have such a, an interesting setup, I mean, I have to have my Nexus, my passport, my driver's license, my oh yeah American passport and uh, an RFID chip and satellites have to link <laughs> up and yeah. I'm sure there's some DOS computer going like, what is going on here? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the Nexus card, the best $50 you'll ever spend. Yeah. So here, here's, a, here's a little bit of interesting uh, information. I did it completely the wrong way. And if anybody else is, if anybody's listening, please don't do it this way. I went and got TSA pre-check first, thinking that's all I needed. Then I got global entry, only to find out the TSA pre-check comes with global entry. Right. Then when I moved to Canada, I got Nexus, only to realize that global entry and TSA yeah. come with Nexus. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I did the bureaucratic process three times. Oh yeah. So now the satellites know exactly where you are. Oh dude. 
Uh, I have to, I mean, I'm sure it's all linked to my Facebook and my LinkedIn account and they're checking my Instagram every time I come through and. Oh yeah. Well, I was just watching the the John Oliver on Sunday and you did uh, that whole piece on facial recognition. That's scary. I don't know if you saw that. That is really, really scary. It's everywhere. Yeah. Basically the, the one company that is allowed to data mine Facebook, Instagram, everything for your face. Yeah. And then they sell it to the, um, to a bunch of like police, like to police, uh, and, uh, think the RCMP and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the scary part right there. All the more reason for everybody to be wearing masks. Everybody wear masks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Hide your face. Uh, later next month i'm gonna go to vegas and that is gonna be so interesting to see where it used to be 100 percent, absolutely zero masks allowed in casinos oh yeah yeah now it's gonna be the complete opposite yeah did you see any of that i saw a bit of footage from there where they've got like the um the blackjack tables are completely like plexi on each side and plexi for the dealer and you got a little hole where you can get your cards in and out of Wow. And then washing stations everywhere. And then I think they've shut down every other uh, slot machine. That's weird. Yeah, it's weird. It's I weird. don't think of sterile and sanitary when I think <laughs> of Las Vegas. Uh, yeah, the complete opposite. It's like, do I really want to touch that? <laughs> I, I don't know how Vegas is going to make it through this because, I mean, the dirty seediness of Vegas is the appeal. Yeah. If exactly. I want to go play sterile sanitary gambling, I'll just go online. Yeah, exactly. And you go for, I go for the characters, right? Yeah. That's, that's my main thing. And to go down to um, the old town and just kind of wander around and just watch the characters roll by. If there is one thing that completely decimates the idea of social distancing, it's drunkenness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drunken social distancing? I don't see it happening. Not going to happen. Nope. Nope. And, and, you know, you get drunk and you start slurring your words and saliva is flying everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> what? And I was talking, I was talking to a buddy of mine cause they've opened the patios now and it's the, uh, he was talking to the owner of the, of our local pub and he was saying that they can't even play loud music because they were worried that if they play loud music, <laughs> they'll have to lean in to talk. Right. <laughs> So they can't, you know. That's everything. That's yeah. everything. There's nothing uh, left. Yeah. You know what's going to be funny is that people are going to realize that Vegas is just a regular city. Without the music. I wouldn't even go regular, but yeah, sure. <laughs> it's just a city full of people and, and, yeah. and tacky architecture. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lots of transients. That's for sure. Interesting. Oh, yeah. I was also thinking that, you know, like for Vegas... It might actually be, um, I don't know if I've read this somewhere or whatever, but it could be a good place for, you know, like um, the old established artists to go play because a lot of them are older. They keep them back away far enough from the crowd so mm-hmm. they would be safe. So maybe it's a good place to start doing shows again, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Artists would yeah. Just, the, the old vegas lounges are great they would be a great place for that you could have the band completely separate yep and you could take out every third chair yeah 
Or it could be like, the, did you see uh, Flaming Lips? They're on Colbert and they did it all in the bubble. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I thought that was great. <laughs> I don't know how long you can hang out in those bubbles, but I was watching that. There was one lady with her, her daughter, like a three-year-old yeah. daughter, just hanging Bounce out in the bubble. Around. Yep. I would imagine, you know, that's sure. That's fun. Yeah. Well, it beats the, you know, the plexiglass wall of shame that you need to put up. Yeah. You know, like where you got always got to hide the drummer. <laughs> <laughs> the drummers are totally in the... The the drummers of the world are totally in their element right now. They're yeah, like, they're yeah, this it. is what it feels like. <laughs> yeah. Now you guys are just in my world being stuck behind plexiglass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A <laughs> <laughs> drum cage of shame. Yeah. <laughs> now you guys all get to see what it's like to sweat and spit all over your own plexiglass. <laughs> oh, can you imagine that though? It'd be like if, if they, because I think I saw like they did some out west, some uh, some drive-in shows. And I think mm-hmm. I saw them in the stage and there was like, everybody was kind of behind their own little plexiglass barrier. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at that going, Oh, is that going to make life horrible? Just the ref- I'm just looking at the lighting and the reflection. You'd get off all that stuff and the bounce and then it'd be like, Oh mm-hmm. yeah. I even saw that during the flaming lips. You could see that the cameraman was trying everything to get around the glare yeah. and the coming off the top the, of the ball the fingerprints think, on the ball and everything. I don't think anybody cleaned a couple of them either. <laughs> <laughs> they were looking a bit dodgy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> would you go to a, a drive-in concert? Um, yeah. I would, the only thing that I find that would like looking at it again from a lighting point of view is you'd be going to want to start killing people that are going to start flashing their lights on and off. Mm-hmm. Right. You yeah. Try you to do, do that real intimate moment and somebody hits the high beams on, mm-hmm. you know, have a little potato gun to start bashing people and start doing it. I think I would go one time and I'd be like, yeah, yep. I went and saw yeah. that band. I, I'm lucky. I grew uh, where I live. I grew up and there is a drive-in movie theater here. Okay. That still exists. I usually go like maybe once or twice or try to go when I'm home once or twice. Okay. Cause I, I like it. It's sort of nostalgic and it's kind of fun. And I take my kids and, you know, load the car up with snacks and, watch some movies i'm gonna go probably go next week i think there's like jaws is playing or something is it a projector or an led screen projector it's old school still projector yeah projector and then it's like the whole uh, concession is like you walked in in the 1950s okay and they play popcorn. like the, the yeah they play like the hot dog and popcorn like uh, animated shorts in between the movies and stuff cool yeah so it's kind of fun it's a good way to spend a night when my kids were younger that was the only way that Sharon and I could go see a movie was a drive-in. We would put the kids in the back seat and flip them around and wait till they fell asleep and we'd go watch something. Yeah. Otherwise trying to watch a movie with kids is just yeah. almost impossible. And this one's pretty good because they do like the first movie they show is like usually a kid's movie. Right. And then the second one they show is more of an adult. And then yeah. starting next week, I think they're doing their all nighter, which is three movies starting about nine. Wow. Yeah. Three movies sitting in the car. That's a. Yeah. You got to get up and stretch your legs after a while. Right on. Or you take your car and you spin it around, like spin around backwards and you bring lawn chairs, put the lawn chairs out. Just need blankets and lots of mosquito repellent. How funny is this? The, that this COVID thing is kind of making the old things new again. Like, nah, we had it. We had it pegged with the drive-in movies already. We are, there's, yep. there was no reason to move forward from there. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, you know, I'm waiting for somebody to do the whole hologram thing and then blast it to theaters. Ooh. 
you know, although that would, I don't want people to do that because I would put a lot of people out of the work, but mm-hmm. I could see that coming as like, okay, well, here's Beyonce's doing a show from Vegas and we're going to hologram it to theaters around the planet, make uh, money for the artist and they don't never have to leave wherever they're doing the show from. I keep hearing people with, who keep coming up with a great idea of having just a concert with just full of drones and you can kind of pick your drone, select in and kind of pick your drone oh, wow, cool. and, and you can kind of be a part of the show through your drone and you can kind of get yeah. your drone, go to different places in the, you can even <laughs> so, go like right behind and, or dive bombing the band. Just yeah. you picture somebody that really hated the band. <laughs> getting that's, a hold of the that's drone. the risk you take. <laughs> That could be funny. <laughs> Those are the next level ideas that we need to, to get through yep. this until. Or, you know, people can start broadcasting shows, be like the NASCAR events where you can pick, you know, what camera you want. Mm-hmm. What the driving camera, you want side camera top, whatever. Yeah. But who knows the way it's going too? like with the, like gaming has become such a huge event now. Who knows how that, you know, you know, that could transpire in. It's eclipsing like rock shows. I know some guys that were working for PRG that were, you know, spending like two months on the load-in for some one of the, um, I forget, I think it was in Vegas. Was it in Vegas? I can't remember. Yeah, esports is, uh, yeah. is killing it right now. Yeah. They're filling arenas. I, I, I want to say stadiums for just yeah. watching kids play video games. How weird is that? We were always told to not play video games because it was going to rot our brains. And now... Yeah, I'm telling my kids like, no, you guys learn how to play those video games. You gotta make some money. Well, my son is uh, going through for video game programming right now. Congratulations! That is a very lucrative uh, yeah. venture. Yep, he's doing that, and my oldest daughter's in the theater, and she's freaking out right now. <laughs> uh, one of one of their uh, chosen professions is is a little bit safer than the other right now. Yep. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> What, what is it all like? All stuff is online too. That's awesome. What yeah. is it for you right now being in Canada going through this? Because I've gone through some of these slumps in the U.S. and I've gone through some of them in Canada. What's it like for you? Is it, are you, are you, how are you feeling? Uh, are, you, are you nervous? Are you I, uncertain? I'm, I am, I, I, me, myself personally, I've been really fortunate whereas I was supposed to be in the middle of a tour right now. So the artist is, is basically taking care of us. So financially I'm okay for the next few months. So that, but what I do, I'm, so the next bit of work I have is in November in the UK with another artist. And when it, when originally it got postponed back in April, I was thinking, Oh wow, November, that's quite far off. And now I'm thinking, ooh, is that far enough? Like, (laughs) you know, and I don't know if it's going to, I'm hoping that in November we're kind of back at it a bit, but who knows? That's the part that's scary. I just, there's just no way of knowing. And it's sort of like, I've been thinking, well, do I uh, go get a job at the pub pulling pints? But I can't do that yet because there's no pub to go pull pints at. Maybe skip the dishes. Um, it's, a, it's a scary These time. These are all valid options that we might have to yeah. consider sooner than later. And is it going to come around to next year where you're going to have 
everybody and their brother on the road. Right. And the crew pool will be so minimal because you have a lot of people that have left the business entirely or, you know, they're going to their number one gig and then there's going to be a lot of like, be a lot of job openings, I think. And a lot of people trying to do shows, right? So mm-hmm. that could be good. Could also be bad. I don't know. But so, I think next year is going to be like every night there's going to be a, sh- a show happening in the city, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine they're going to have to be discounted too because people don't have, we don't, not a lot of expendable income right now. Yeah, but the thing is too, like a lot of the tours would also be from the ones that got postponed. Yeah, that's true. This year. That's true. So they're going to come and, and, you know, cash their ticket in and come see the show. So, yeah. I think those tours that were supposed to happen plus tours that people were going to do in 2021, it'll be probably quite insane. Might be a good time to start buying some buses. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I've got my Alanis Morissette tickets that I wasn't able to use. I've got. Mm -hmm. uh, Where was she playing? uh, She was going to play in. I can't remember if it was Toronto or Detroit. Oh, the amphitheater. Yeah, we had, uh, I've got some some leftover Russell Brand tickets and I've got some Alanis oh, Morissette tickets. And I think it was like March 16th, I was supposed to go see Billie Eilish. Just, just, I mean, we actually thought we were going to go to it and we didn't, we didn't get to Oh, it. really? It canceled like two days before. Wow. So close. That'd be actually quite, I'd like to see that actually. Yeah. Uh, I watched her live live webcam stuff that my, my kids loved it. They were very happy. Oh, so you're going the whole family. Oh yeah. yeah that's uh, oh, nice. the kids are into her. They love listening to her. Uh, and I like a lot of her stuff's really good. Yeah. I was going to see Tony Caporelli LD and right. I would have been very happy, but didn't quite. Pan oh, that's out. too bad. Well, hopefully everybody will reschedule for next year and yeah. everybody be out and doing stuff as long as, you know, Hopefully somebody finds a vaccine in the next little while and we can put this all behind us and keep rolling. Yeah, I keep seeing that it's it's getting closer. I've heard good results. I think like a third of the people that had taken one vaccine are, are seeing positive results. And yeah, and I think, there's I think, no shortage of companies working on it right now. Yeah, and I think that they just um, released that there's a company in the UK that found a drug that will stop the effects of COVID-19, I think. Okay. Or basically so you won't die from it. We'll see. Yeah, that's something. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. Better than not. So up here in Canada, there are fewer venues and there's fewer people, but I would imagine that that's going to work in in Canada's favor because they will be able to open sooner. Yeah. Um, I think that up here it'll open sooner, but I was saying to a bunch of friends earlier was, yeah, um, can opens, which is awesome. And, um, but personally, if I can't get a flight to London or a flight to New York, then I can't work anyways. Mm. So the, the country could, the country could open, but if the rest of the world isn't open, then, you know, the cause the, the case from getting work is just goes away. Right. And then, so then you find that we, so I've been really happy personally with the way the Canadian government has been handling it with their CERB, the, the um, 
Canadian emergency relief benefit for people and that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but if Canada opens and then that relief goes away, but then some of us can't work because we tour internationally, right? We kind of fall into the cracks. Yeah, so that's a bit of a of a concern. A concern. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's actually a really cool uh, topic. I've been really happy to see what Canadi what Canada is doing for Canadians. The prices of our utilities have been uh, yeah. controlled. Mm -hmm. The going out into the public has been very responsible. I'm seeing lots of people that seem very well yeah. informed. I see more yeah. masks than not. Yeah, um, I think a lot of it to do is whether you like him. I know a lot of people that don't like the current prime minister. I think he's doing a good job, but he does his every 11, 11, 15 every day during the week. He gives you a briefing mm -hmm. and lets you know what's going on in the world and what's going on in the country. So I find that very reassuring that, you know, the top guy is on the, on the job. And in Ontario, Ontario, I didn't, uh, he wasn't my first pick for premier, but even he's doing a, a pretty good job. There's really yeah. nothing to complain yeah. about as far as listening nope. to scientists and getting information out and yep. working across the aisle and all that. Yeah, no, he's uh, Ford's been doing a good job, but uh, I just, um, he wants the pandemics over. I just hope he doesn't go back to what he was before. <laughs> 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 I hope he just stays the course he has now. Which yeah, he's doing a great job. You know, yeah. he was not my uh, definitely not my choice, but um, you know, that's part of the democracy, right? Yeah, uh, I think it's the part of the natural cycle. You can only have so many years of one party, and then it just ha yep. eventually it has to switch. It's like roulette, you know. Yep. Eventually, you, know, you can't have red. Yeah, twenty times in a row. Unless somebody wants red 20 times in a row. But oh, <laughs> <laughs> been there. <laughs> when it comes time for you to go back, obviously it's going to be for the paycheck. I mean, we're all going to, we're all going to need to make money. Mm -hmm. What's going to be the first step for you to go back? When do you think people are going to be ready? Is it going to be because they're just fed up with everything? Or do you think it's going to be because they've been drawn back by a show that is worth them going out. I would hope it would be that they are drawn back because it's a show that they want to see. Okay. Um, and that's kind of, you know, being up, up here and, and looking South, you kind of, and uh, to extent here, you get the feeling that people are just stick up and fed, mm -hmm. you know, um, especially like you look in Florida where they've just, they reclosed the bars again. I think they opened them for a week and then they just reclosed them. So I hope that what am I, I'm hoping is people don't get fed up and then dash all the social distancing and the masks and stuff. And then we have this huge spike and then that puts us right back to where we were in March. And then we can't do anything until like March, like next March. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that people just kind of, stay the course. And then when we get around to it, people go to shows because they want to go see a show. I agree. I, I, I really hope that that's how it plays out. Unfortunately, that's all too logical Utopian. and rational. <laughs> and that would require yeah. a, a bunch of people to get on board and kind of do the same thing. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I, I don't know. Um, I'm hoping that we get it under control and then we're back to work again, being selfish just because I got stuff in November. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I think, uh, I think November is pretty much a very optimistic mm-hmm. shot at the moment, but fingers crossed. So in my house, we get a little bit divided. Sometimes I start seeing things open up and I get optimistic and my wife, when she starts seeing things open up, she's like, Oh my God, I can't believe they're opening up already. Don't they know what's happening? Don't they know what's going on? And, and I think the, the, the middle line is that we want things to open up, but we just want them to open up responsibly and based on the most current information, not because everybody's fed up. Right. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I kind of run the fence of, Oh yeah, they're opening up. It's great. And then I start looking at the numbers and I'm going, uh, is it great though? Is it not? Like I, I kind of go on the fence. And so literally for the past while I've just uh, stopped watching the news cause I just <laughs> drives me patty. And with everything else that's going on in the planet right now, it's sort of like, you know, I'm waiting for the aliens to drop in because I think that's part of the, uh, the, the 2020 bingo card. <laughs> Next is aliens. Definitely feels like it. <laughs> or the, or somebody got the mind calendar wrong and this is it's <laughs> the 2012, it's 2020. <laughs> or uh, a, the King's Tut tomb was opened up and this is yeah. what we're all doing. Yeah. Pandora's box. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I think you just got to, try and keep your sense of humor about the whole thing and just, you know, be reasonable and just keep motoring along. Do you keep, do you internalize all the the stuff that comes through your newsfeed? Do you, are you getting exhausted at the, at the pace and the rate of things that are just happening? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I get exhausted. And then I, you know, I look at things and you just kind of go a lot of WTFs going on. Right. And, um, a lot of, it's weird for me, especially with the protests that are going on right now, because, um, my father was a cop. Okay. So, um, I was always, as a kid, you're always brought up that they were, you know, the good guys and stuff like that. But then you see the stuff that's happening and, you know, you kind of want to start throwing things at the TV Mm because you just can't believe what's what's transpiring in, you know, in the U S and in Canada. Right. So, you know, and you're, you're kind of your hopes have, at least for me, as I was a, you know, as a kid where they were the good guys now are kind of being dashed a little bit. So it's just mm-hmm. a bit, bit, a bit hard to watch. I have friends that are, are cops that are lovely and amazing human beings. So I just mm-hmm. stick with them and go, okay, well, I know you guys are great. So I'm just going to, you know, believe that. And they are, they're awesome people. Yeah. I don't know. Your kids are a little bit older than mine, but my wife and I had to have a a discussion about what do we tell our kids about what's going on? Right. Because we still need them to know that the cops are the good guys. Yep. Yep. Well, my, uh, my youngest daughter, she's been involved in the protests here and a bunch of stuff. And so uh, she's very much aware of what's going on. And then my, oldest daughter lives in Montreal. She's like sending me texts of um, her friends that are getting hurt in the protests in Montreal and stuff like that. So it's crazy, but yeah, they need to know that 
you know, I, I think personally, 90% of the cops are, are good. I'd right? say they're 95. To, yeah. But trying man, to help. those five, those five don't, they, they get all the news, yeah. don't they? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, again, it's like, I don't, like I, I was talking with my daughter the other day. It's like, I don't know what the answer would be. I wish I did, but uh, you know, I just want to listen and make sure that aware of, and that's another thing too. I think I, people need to listen about a lot more and mm-hmm. not spout. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which is what I've been trying to do a lot more of. And well, that's and clever. Kind of, yeah. And just listen and try and get as informed as I can before yeah. ranting away. Are you a book reader or a podcaster or a... Um, I'm kind of like, I, I've been listening to different podcasts and um, I haven't really been reading as much as I normally do for some okay. reason. I, one thing with this whole pandemic thing is I'm just finding it so hard to be motivated. I'm finding it very hard to, because I think it's a lot of it is there's no, for me, there's no project in the f- near future. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of feel sort of rudderless. So like, well, what do I do now? So I know I've got a tour coming up next, next summer. So I think I got eight designs done for that. (laughs) (laughs) You have many designs to choose from. Yep. So I think it's going to come to the client and just go, oh, here's a pool of eight. Pick stuff from each one and we'll just throw it all together or something. I don't know. <laughs> Please and pick a I'd, ninth one so that I can design a ninth one. <laughs> yep. And then I've also been doing stuff where it's like, okay, how can i um, been dabbling back into after effects Adobe after effects and then, okay. So, and then I use WYSIWYG. So I've been using that to, you know, figuring out camera paths and making movies with that sort of stuff. And then kind of putting, music to it but not cued to it and that sort of stuff so i'm trying to stay busy that way it's tough man when we when we do what we love as a profession it's hard to find motivation to do anything else because that is what we love to do that was our that's my hobby yeah it's my (laughs) hobby and my income there it's all wrapped in one yeah yeah. So I'm like, and then I watched like some of the, I've watched some of the, uh, the boredom buster stuff and I watched the programming. And a lot of times I just look and go, I don't even have the, like, it's amazing stuff, but it's sort of like, where, where do you find the time for that? Like, I just don't have the ambition. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's just sort of like, uh. <laughs> you know, some, some of them are really have, impressive. Some of them are very impressive. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's sort of, and um, I don't have a console here or anything like that. I just have like a couple computers. So for me to get that in depth with things, it's sort of like, it's a chore. So, mm-hmm. and then, you know, I just been noodling around. I was like, Oh, I got an idea and throw it down and that sort of stuff and see what's going on. Get lost into YouTube for a little while. <laughs> Go down the YouTube rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. The last time I really got lost down the rabbit hole, I was, I had convinced myself for about two hours that the earth was flat. And then I, Oh, did you, so have you seen behind the curve? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was about a year before that, that I was just, Oh my God, I've been lied to. I, you know, <laughs> when you're staring at the computer screen for, for two hours, you, you, you can fall into yep. that fantasy world. And then all of a sudden you just snap yep. out of you. Like, of course it's not flat. What the, what the hell? What? My favorite is, is that 
okay, if it's flat, then how have I been flying around it for like 50, 20 years? Explain that to me. They have, they <laughs> how have does a rule, that work? They have a reason for everything. <laughs> Every single thing that you can come up with, they have something for it. Uh, the fact that yeah. you can't fly over Antarctica was like, oh my God, what is happening here? And I, But you can fly over the Arctic. Yeah. <laughs> Which weird, I've done huh? many times. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, yeah, I watched that and I'm a big fan of that sort of stuff and conspiracy theories just for the comedy value of it. Mm-hmm. There used to be a great uh, radio program up here that I used to listen to at night driving home from gigs and stuff that basically all it dealt with was conspiracy theories, paranormal ghosts ufos it was great love uh, in favor or being skeptic of well it was a co- it's a program i think it's still on it's called coast to coast am okay. so it was in favor of any and so at about two or three in the morning they would open the phone lines to anybody in north america worldwide basically they wanted to call in okay so picture at two o'clock in the morning you're dealing with a show that deals in conspiracy theories uh, ghosts, UFOs, stuff like that. So picture who calls in at two o'clock in the morning. The, okay. the call-ins were amazing. They would go on for hours and they would just be driving along and just be listening to these people, like just spouting theories. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite full on info wars, but something similar. Something is kind of similar, but it was all to dealt with, um, you know, conspiracy. And then they'd have these guests on and the guests would be, oh, well, um, I'm a scientist and I deal with, and I, I was, you know, part of this research program, whatever and stuff. And then people would call in about it and stuff. It was, it's really, I think there's a website, Coast to Coast AM. Okay. Highly recommend it if you want some good entertainment. Right on. I will definitely have to yeah. check that out. Yeah. It sounds it, just can, short of Alex Jones, but semi-interesting yeah and then the guy it was art bell who was the uh, uh, was the original guy who did it in like the 90s and then all of a sudden one day he was on the air and i think i was listening to it and he just basically went i gotta go and stopped the program dead and i guess some police had showed up his son was involved in something and he had to leave the country and he ended up moving to philippines and marrying some girl in the Philippines and I think he passed away a little while ago, but it was this whole conspiracy theory of what happened to him and stuff. Oh, it's crazy. A conspiracy theory about the conspiracy theorist. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's great. Wow. (laughs) That's next level right there. Yeah. So it's really good. Uh, It's a great entertainment for like three o'clock in the morning. All right. That sounds like a good, uh, and there might be some podcasts on there too. I haven't gone on the website in a while, but yeah, I would love to uh, put that up to you. some of the skeptics like uh like the james randy's and the the carl sagan's oh, of the yeah, world yeah. and see see yeah. how it stacks up but uh yeah that was have you ever did you ever see the uh the um the amazing randy documentary no yeah it's really good might be still on netflix maybe oh he is an interesting human being i did not oh, know yeah. document i've watched all of his youtube stuff i've never seen yeah, yeah it's a whole documentary about his life and um all kinds of stuff yeah it's crazy all right i'll have to i'll have to introduce my kids to the world of james randy because i get to on fridays i do the dad academy and we've been doing uh i'm not i'm not down with all the the boring stuff the the math and the reading we do the logical fallacies 
Oh, okay. Uh, the other day we learned about the different paradoxes of the world. Oh, wow. Uh, so maybe it's time that they learn about skepticism and kind of... Yeah. Well, that's, that's a good more, one. It's, it's really important these days. Yep. So on that, on the coast to coast thing too, though, they've got like, you know, here's our pictures of that these people sent in of Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. And all kinds. So you could, that's a big rabbit hole you could dive down. Our kids are growing up in a world where they're just inundated with information that so can much. come from anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's another thing too, is um, I'm finding lately, like, you know, Snopes is your friend. Yeah. And, you know, there's so much information and it's really hard to discern which is valid and which isn't, you know, well, look at Fox. They're quoting whole Monty Python. You <laughs> I saw see that? that one. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that they didn't even know they did it. I know that's the awesome part. You're just like, really? You guys had no, okay. Fine. Okay. No idea. And I thought it was so smart of the guy to do it too. Yeah. So that was brilliant. So again, you just never know. And then I was it who was I watching? They did um maybe it was Colbert last night and they were talking about Fox News had the one picture from there from Seattle, from the Chaz zone. And then they took the picture and they realized that picture was four pictures photoshopped together. Mm-hmm. And then they realized that they had taken the same, like there's a military like looking guy with a an assault rifle and stuff. And they realized they'd used the same guy in a bunch of pictures, but not even Photoshopped in well. It's like half of them was missing and stuff. <sighs> <laughs> so even the mainstream media is, oh, dude, it's... you never know who's doing what, you know, it's crazy. We used to have gatekeepers for better, or for worse. There were gatekeepers on the information that said, no, this yeah. is not news. Yeah. All you're doing is you're just retweeting somebody. That's not news. Yeah, exactly. Now, miss, in the, with, without the gatekeepers, all the gates are open. Yep. And, miss the uh, the days of Walter Cronkite, you know? Yeah. It was just like, this is what's happening in the world. And who knows, again, and so I saw a thing today that, um, it was it India and China have been exchanging gunfire. Really? Yep. No. Border skirmish. In India and China. So is that going to be the beginning of a nuclear assault? Right? Because they're arguing at some border that's up in, uh, up in the mountains. Toss it on the 2020 list. Yeah. Why not? Yep. And then, and then uh, South not, Korea, we're, we're not supporting world war here. We're just, we're just no, talking we're just, disclaimer, but yeah. But North Korea ended up blowing up the, um, was it the South Korean liaison building, which is, did you see that? No, who can yeah. keep up these days, man? I know. Who can that's keep it. Up? It's like, and that was me watching the news for ten minutes. <laughs> no, I can barely keep up with what's happening in my house right now, man. I'm trying to be <laughs> yeah, a, trying exactly. to be a teacher. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Crazy. But these are the sort of things that we have to teach our kids to just like look. Just because you saw something on the news, that doesn't mean it's real. You got to double, yeah. triple, quadruple check these things, man. And yeah, you got to exactly. know your. You got to know sources. Yep. It's yeah. So and important. It's, and it's so fast moving too, right? It's just coming at you from all angles. That's why it's like okay, you know, I watch. I get up in the morning, have a coffee, watch it for ten minutes, and then turn it off. And then normally, turn the news back on when the prime minister gives a speech, just to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then shut it off. 
watch yeah. some bad watch some bad movie or go for a walk through the woods to clear my head. And it, it doesn't matter how high up the the news source list you go, you're gonna find somebody who's gonna try and discredit your news source. Yeah. Uh, oh, Snopes. Yeah. Snopes is a perfect example. Yeah. People are like, oh, you you're relying on Snopes? Well, well, yeah, they have a pretty good track record. Yeah, don't you yeah. know you're just being lied to by the liberal <laughs> left media? Like, being well, lied to by everybody. Do you have any better sources? No, but I can't believe yeah. you're using Snopes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. What are you supposed to use? Do you have any evidence to back up your claim against Snopes? Well, no, but I know that Snopes is liberal. Yep junk yeah i don't think is there a right wing kind of fact checking source i don't know i don't know can a fact checking source be right or left i mean that kind of defeats the point of fact checking yeah it kind of defeats the point you would think they would should be straight down the middle but i don't know maybe fox is the fact checker (laughs) i don't know i'd have to look if there is i'd have to see if there is a fact checking service that is being accused of being right-wing biased right or left i mean i guess i guess snopes is accused of being a bit left-leaning i'm not i never really pay attention to that stuff i just kind of try and find out the the best source of it i i feel disheartened when people keep attacking wikipedia for being biased you're like what the only way wikipedia is you don't know if somebody's gotten in and you know right with it a little bit you still have to, even with Wikipedia, you still have to double check, but it's, it's as accurate as any yeah. encyclopedia. It's, the encyclopedia yeah. is written by fallible people too. Everything is written by fallible people. I'm not getting into yes. that. But. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole nother. That's a, non- that's a whole nother hour and a half conversation right there. Yeah. We, we've already skipped all of the lighting topics that I was planning yeah, on discussing. Have. So... <laughs> Yep. Once you get down that rabbit hole. I th- I'd like to think that maybe that's the allure of this uh, podcast that we're not actually talking about lighting. We're just lighting people talking about things that people, that people actually it's, talk it's about. It's like the uh, conversation in the back lines of the bus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's, what, that's probably what it probably would have been a better name. Back lounge. Yeah. Back lounge podcast. Yeah. It would be the, this is the conversation that's happening in the back lounge of the bus. And then you can go to the front lounge of the bus and then it would just be audio speak. And then, <laughs> <laughs> If you uh, if you go to the front lounge, it's just uh, the Princess Bride over and over again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Uh, so I I am I am uh, not bummed that we did not cover any of the things that I had planned to talk about, but we we totally no, killed an hour a, just hanging out. I would I would have absolutely rather done it at a pub in Guelph, but uh, yeah, yep, same here. Oh, one day we'll get around to it. Yeah, I, uh, I had a whole bunch of questions about uh, working in Canada and I started that down that route, but uh, we are, you're too interesting to talk about other topics. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>